are in the red. Whoa. Wow. My heart's racing. Mine too. <laughs> it's like, wow. Welcome, okay. everybody. We are in the red. I'm your host, Alex Egan. And sitting across from me today is perhaps one of my favorite people of all time. Um, Mr. Okay. Tyler Ward. Give it up, ladies and gentlemen. Is this when you insert an audio? I was just going to say on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Tyler is, for people who don't know, and if you don't know, you've been living under a rock, but Tyler is, I don't even know how to describe you. You are a musician, a producer, an engineer, a singer-songwriter, a, f- a good dear friend, <laughs> a family man. You're everything. You literally cover like everything, dude. It's pretty nuts. That's nice. It, you, I mean, there's well, the thing is, like, there's not many people like that do that as well as you do. I feel like Thank there's you. there's a few, you know, but yeah, you really do cover like everything to do with everything, everything, all, every recording, every mix, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me about yourself, man. How are you? How, oh, what's man. been going on, dude? I got me in a, in a weird space. Yeah, I have uh, done social media. I realized for ten years. This this is your 10-year anniversary this year? It's crazy. This is when you started 10 years ago? I, like, ago. started at the top of 2010. Like, started actually making it a full-time job. Wow. So, we're in 2020. We are in 2020. That's yeah. 10 years. Wow. And the realization hit me kind of over New Year's, and I was like, what am I, what am I doing? Because, like, last year, it was... Well, actually, my theory has been this. Quality and consistency... Um, and sometimes you can't bring that into. Blue. Oh no, blue! Hey, blue! Yeah, we'll get him outside. We'll get can him we? Outside. Can we put him out? Yeah, you know what? Sorry. Hang tight, everybody. We'll edit this. He's so cute. We should just leave him in and just deal with it. Honestly. It's that. It's that. Uh, collar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so ten years. You're ten okay. years into this. Ten years into this. The theory was at the very beginning. Because I started in sports prior to music. And so my dad is a coach. My mom is all about doing the right thing and performance and all these things. And so as a kid, you, you just kind of take that in. You're like, oh, to be, to be loved, to be accepted, and to be appreciated, you kind of got to hustle. And most people that I've known who are musicians generally create art and then they just don't really care. And they just kind of... So I saw that and I was like, oh, the way around it, is to create art, but then hustle. Yeah. <laughs> it was like this combo thing. Um, and then as I kind of continued on in my journey, it was just, I realized even just over like the last year is the content that I've been creating, um, I don't know, it can't come from the same place anymore because there's like a limit to it. And uh, it's exhausting to continue on a pl- in a place of like hustle, 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 hustle. You got to kind of stop and ask yourself like, Okay, does this actually suit where I'm headed? Because I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, over the last year, like moving to Nashville, I moved to Nashville two years ago, I've, I've had a chance to work with just a bunch of different songwriters and like brilliant artists and brilliant business people as well. But I've kind of been really envious of the artist because um, they can take their pain and their story and really own it and put it into into words and into art and really just kind of be content there mm-hmm. and um I just feel like whenever I've done that it's like it's like a scary thing for me and so I feel like that's part of the reason why the cover game was so um easy for me to do because I could put my own spin on someone yeah. else's 
story. Yeah, yeah. And so it was kind of like a hybrid. I felt safe in that. I felt like it was like community almost. Yeah. It was like, I won't be rejected because my version will be at least different and the... I'm not responsible for at the, the content. End, yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's not it's not yours, right? Yeah, it's, it's someone it's, else's it's song. It's wild. And I think what I've justified is like, um, I actually really like covers because it's easy to connect with people. And the core of who I am, I've just been realizing, is like, I really, really, really love people. And I, I it's there's like a whole hybrid of like, I don't even know, envy and jealousy and then support. And it's just all of this hodgepodge of like me trying to um, hustle to kind of get away from my true identity, which is kind of coming over the last year of just like, maybe I've been running. So let me okay. just, this is crazy, bro. Yeah. So <laughs> go on. The go reason, on. The, reason the reason I'm in a weird headspace is because um, I feel like everybody has kind of an identity redefining thing that happens early 20s. My, now I'm in my 30s, which is crazy. Um, but it's it's almost so I'm in a relationship with a girl that I like. Oh, like I didn't really know. I, I don't know what love is. Like I don't think it exists and this whole thing. And so you have to kind of stop and be like, where do I want to head with this? Like if I continue in the same patterns, if I continue um, pursuing what what I think fuels me, um, I'm going to get the same results. It's like insanity, right? Yeah, yeah. The same thing over and over again, get the same results. It's insanity. So I've been doing the same thing for years and keep coming to the same conclusion of like, um, I don't necessarily know maybe what like love and forgiveness truly mean. Um, and so it's this whole process of redefining and understanding. And it was crazy, man. Like it's, <laughs> so dating this girl and starting to understand, she doesn't really care about the things I care about. And I'm kind of angry about it because I was like, girl, I got this house. Like, I got a condo. Yeah. I got a BMW. Like, I built my own studio. Yeah, like, yeah. all these things that I thought, like, people were impressed by because they've always been. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, that's really cool. But if you can't actually love me well, then I actually, I actually don't care right. about this stuff. Was this the first person that, like, kind of challenged you in that way? Like, was she, like, the first one that, like... <laughs> Really was like, yeah, like that don't impress me much. Sorry, I had to. I'm sorry. I was I was thinking about it and I had to. I couldn't I love resist. It, man. Yeah, no, it's it's weird when it happens to you because cause you go, I, I think I've been building this empire so I can get the girl. Mm, interesting. And so you go, why where did that come from? And um when a person you care about, you see truly that they don't they're not impressed that much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by uh by what you do they, they appreciate your talents they appreciate you know stability or whatever but man it it kind of you know okay wait wait a second what, what am i what am i doing so it's been weird man like the last year i had a guy helping me with social media and he's been awesome and like i would hire him in a second um he's helped kind of respond and feel to different comments and help me be consistent in posting because i've always believed you know consistency and quality consistency and quality like you have musicians who are great with quality, but they don't necessarily put it out there for the world to see mm-hmm. consistently. This is why I'm right. excited for you because right. you're like, I've got to do something. Yeah. So yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. And um, I think that's true. I think that applies kind of to most people, but um, sometimes the quality has to kind of shift. And and so I, and also too, I, you, you notice big artists like Ed Sheeran, they'll like go, they'll go away for a season and yeah. they'll be forgotten, quote unquote, and they'll come up with something and people forgot that they forgot about him because he put out art that connects you know right um, right so it's fascinating so i'm i'm at this place where um you 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 texted me i i literally wrote january this is january 2nd so 
I've had a whole, okay, just to kind of back you up a little bit. Um, in the middle of this hustle, I would drink a lot to distract. Um, I felt like I was a quote unquote alcoholic because I was drunk one day, like one time, 32 days in a row on tour. And I really just needed to like throw away the alcohol for a second so I could think clearly. Uh, thought clearly, didn't drink for a year and a half, realized I was the guy who didn't drink. So that was my identity versus like the guy, I don't know. And so I worked through a lot of these different issues and, um, then I, I was like, okay, it wasn't drinking. That was the issue. Okay. Um, cause then I had like wine. It wasn't like addictive or had like a whiskey. It wasn't addictive. It was just this the stuff underneath. Um, <laughs> so flash forward to 2020, I feel like when I slow down and listen, um, whether it's, you know, God or yourself or whatever it is, like, I felt like the voice was saying, don't, don't drink this New Year's. And I was like, but I really like the feeling. Yeah, like, I, you, I just, yeah. like, it's not even a bad thing. I'm not doing it to escape. But yeah. he was like, just, just, or it was just kind of like, okay, I'm not. And so I f- it's like this concept, like what you put in your body kind of comes out. Like if you feed it with uh, vegetables and fruits, like you're going to feel better. And mm-hmm. alcohol to me is just, it's, it's fun, but it's like, it is a poison. So I just kind of want to come in the new year, like completely sober. Yeah. So, yeah. January one, January one, I woke up, I'm like, I need more sleep. This all I slept in. Like you turned your phone off on. Jan- I, yeah, dude. Great. I had a, I had a weird new year's. I had a, like, honestly, I was, it was, it was nice thinking about it the morning after. Cause I was like, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I missed out on much, you mm-hmm. know? And I, I did drink. I mean, I sat, sat in yeah. front of my TV with a bottle of wine. Dude, and just, that's great. You know, just, and I, I loved it. I mean, I'm very, uh, I like my alone time anyways, yeah, you know, yeah. but yeah. I've been making an active uh, attempt to like go out and do more things and, you know, yeah. meet more people and stuff. Just to give you guys a little tidbit, I, I texted Alex and was like, bro, we're doing this party. You need to come to my party. He's like, cool, man. We're gonna be there. And then I like totally forgot that I texted him. And like an hour and a <laughs> half later, I was like, oh my gosh, bro, so sorry. Dude, you should come. And then I didn't hear a response. And yeah. I got a response the next day. He's like, hey man, I just stayed in. I, t- yeah, I, I turned my like, phone off. Cause, yeah. cause you, well, yeah, you were like, hey, come, come for nine. And, uh, I got like, I actually like, got ready. Like I showered and like had a little drink before Yeah. And my buddy jumped in an Uber. He was going to a separate party and yeah, I, I was like waiting. And then you texted me. You're like, hey, I'm going for 10. And I was like, okay, no worries. I'll just yeah. chill. I'll watch TV. And then I got so comfortable in front of that TV, oh, dude. Man. I just shut my phone off. Like I, I felt it's great. I didn't tell you, but I just shut my, <laughs> I just fucking, I just shut my phone off and just like, I had a night, man. I loved it. I, I loved it. Yeah. I had a good, good. time, but uh, yeah. Then so, so you're kicking off the new year, kicking off the new year in a healthy way. So very, like, very like sober minded. Yeah. So I can just kind of see things clearly. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't know what it happened over that came over me, but I kind of started going through the my Instagram for, and probably it was like January second or January third, and just feeling this overwhelming feeling of like, I, I don't want to do the same things. I don't want to do the same thing. I don't know really what I've done. I feel like I've reached this place where people spend a lot of time. Um, I feel like most people, and this is no fault to anybody. This is like U.S. culture putting it in us. We don't even have a choice. Sometimes it's like, what are you going to do to make money? And so you work really, 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 really hard and then you make money. And so I've been hustling this whole time just to like, all right, I'm gonna put this away. I'm gonna save it here, save it here. And then it's crazy because like over the last six years, seven years, eight years, it's been really decent paychecks coming in and coming from nothing, you realize that could go away. So mm. what's the best thing to do? You get a team around you, financial team, and you go, okay, what do I do with this money? And then they say, well, you put it here, 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 here. And so you buy Amazon stocks before Amazon's Amazon and all, all these right, things. Right. And you're just like, well, that was nice. And you diversify and you buy some homes here and there and you start renting them out and you're like, okay, so that 
I, my whole goal of music when it started was like, maybe I'm doing this so I can retire. Like it was almost driven and fueled by comfort. Mm. And so I played the game. I, um, but at the same time too, I was good at playing the game and I've, it's, there's nothing wrong with playing the game. There's nothing wrong with like uh, creating a song that people enjoy and they connect to. Cause it was also coming from a place to me that was real. It was honest. It was like, Oh, this is a version of your song that I think it should sound like this. And mm-hmm. this is how I would write it if it was me. And there's a lot of artists out there who don't even write their own stuff. And they come up with these versions and you're like, Oh, that's the artist. So it, like right. the business yeah. of it made sense to me. And then, so anyways, so I like actually still like doing that, but then I had to ask myself, okay, why am I doing this? And if you get to a place where you can like retire in your thirties, it's like, sounds pretty good. It's pretty dope. Right. Yeah. But then you go, okay, I got there. I'm working my whole life to get there. And then what the hell am I doing this for after the fact? And right. So then you look back and you, and you remember some of these writers and some of these like seeds that were planted from these artists that you're like, Oh my gosh, what they said, like, it like comes back and you're like, kind of envious of that what did I actually just kind of dumb myself down for comfort instead of like allow myself to speak who I which well, really am? I mean yes and no I mean I know it's both I, right? well, yeah but you you played the cover game there's there's a lot there though man yeah, there's, there's a lot there. there's a lot there in the cover game because you jumped in at a time you didn't even jump in you you started it essentially yeah. I mean you and Boyce Avenue you guys were the two, like, and Kurt Hugo Schneider jumped in a little later. He was more video director, yeah, yeah. but he was a great audio engineer and audio producer as well, like music producer. But you guys jumped in at a time where nobody knew how powerful YouTube could be and how powerful social media could be. And you were trailblazers in that you essentially built a living off of creatively reimagining people's creativity <laughs> let's say yeah, you know it's, so you would wild. you'd take a song and you would literally you'd re-record every part you would m- even come up with new harmonies and new different ways of singing words and you guys would would put it out there and people loved it yeah like and i'm a number one prime example um you specifically are if not the biggest, one of the biggest reasons, probably the biggest reason why I got into music. Um, and you talked about like the quality of, of your production and stuff. That was the most impressive thing to me was you never did something that was of poor quality or that was rushed. It seemed like, you know, it was always so good. It sounded incredible. It looked amazing. And the idea was really cool of taking a song and being like, I'm going to do it different. I like how they did it, but I'm gonna do it different. You know, that's a great, that was a great idea. I think, I think there, there hit like a transition period where YouTube artists realize, ah, fuck, there's a lot of, of licensing and and issues and copyright. And you had to kind of figure out how to make it workable, you know? Yeah. But you also didn't shy away from making your originals. That's why it's a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah, It's it's a hybrid of both things. yeah, Yeah. And I feel like you, you took what you learned from making your covers as far as your, you know, like your recording techniques and your just the way you made music and you applied it to your original music, yeah. which I think is, is is still really, really good to me. Like I listened to it in the car on the way here. It's really, really good. Yeah. And I was your biggest fan. I mean, like I literally, I mean, we talked about this just before too. Like I, I could basically put a, have a blueprint of your basement just from watching the videos over and over and over again. And be like, is that, 
oh, that's that room in the studio. Oh, is that, he has a booth there? And oh, he just busted out that wall there. I don't know. I just, I, I was so fascinated by it all. I was such, at a, I was at a spongy time in my life, you know, yeah. very, very spongy time. So yeah. I was very inspired by it. And I was very inspired by the fact that you could make a living off content, off just putting stuff out there and having the audience decide, you know, what to do with it and how they wanted to uh, share it. And, you know, it was a weird time. Yeah. It was a weird time, not just for you, but for me. And the fact that you saw it and now we're here. Yeah. It's bizarre. I'm literally like this, this, okay. I like, I have to stop and like, let that sink in sometimes. Cause you almost forget. You're like, Oh, this is supposed to be. It's supposed to happen. This is yeah, it's great, Alex. Boy, it's, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, and I, I love always what you've done and who you, who you are as a person first and foremost, and then what you create through that or how you interact with people. And hearing you for the first time, being able to work with Hunter Hayes, like you're like, oh, I got this gig, and you were like super humble about it. And I was like, that's so like legit insane because like you were like, dude, Tyler, you inspired me to do this production stuff, and I'm like, that's cool, man. Like, and then oh, by the way, I'm working with Hunter Hayes, and I was like. <laughs> I guess this is like kind of powerful, the the, the internet in general. Dude. And it was a yeah. new time for everybody. I'm I'm blown away. And now we're here, so you just kinda of, it's surreal and it's and you're in a house that music bought. Yeah. Look at your place. I mean, if you guys can't the the cameras, they don't see what this place is. Like you have a compound in twelve south in Nashville, Tennessee, with a full on recording studio. I think like your house is beautiful. Like you got a great dog. You know what I mean? Like blue, blue is so cute. I wish he was in here still. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, like, yeah, built off of music and built off of putting stuff online and trusting and having faith that like, yeah. Hey, this is so uncertain. No one has done this yet. Yeah. You know, like I said, aside from Boyce Avenue, who you guys jumped in at the, roughly the same time. Like, did you, so when you started, did you see, like, who, who gave you the idea to be like, I'm going to put a cover up? It's a great question. Um, <clears throat> so I think it was a combo of two things. One, when I was in college, um, very, very beginning, my brother signed me. I had a concussion at playing football because I grew up playing football. I was running back United States Air Force Academy. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then I transferred over because of a concussion to UNC, Northern Colorado. And in the middle of that weird time of me liking football because my dad liked it, and not wanting to quit because of dad's approval, but then like loving music and wanting to play like in the church band bass. Yeah, yeah. But like really confused time. My brother signed me up for this thing called UNC Idol when Idol was huge back in the day. Okay. And um, I was like, what do what do people want? Like, what do they like? And um, before that, I saw a band literally like no one knows who this band is. They're from Fort Collins, Colorado, called Mission Nineteen. Okay. And I went to their sh- and they had two part harmony, two dudes, acoustic guitar singing. This was like before autotune existed, before I knew about anything like that. And I just went, th- I was like, these guys are amazing. And they just got up on stage and they played this like medley of hip hop songs. And I was like, well, people love this. And I saw the crowd and it was just explosive. And I was like, I should do that. But I, I should do it in a way that I know how to do it. And so I took it to the stage at UNC Idol and I did like, an original mixed with hip hop because I didn't want to be completely a cover. Sure, artist. of course. Just mix yeah, it up. come on. I have dude. my own voice. Yeah. So I, I have this like <laughs> ridiculous because I've always been like randomly <laughs> writing songs and first song I ever wrote it like ended up on like LimeWire and downloaded by my high school and they were like and I just got like hammered for that because it was so bad. It's called Not Alone. Not and Alone. Like, oh, I want to hear it so bad. Do you still have it? You still have a copy of it somewhere. I think my mom does. 
it was one of those things that you want to like push away and yeah. put it on the shelf, never look at it again. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that, that came out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> but I remember thinking, oh my gosh, people are connecting with this, but even though they don't really like it, he was like, there's power here in music. So um, anyways, I went to the stage at UNC Idol and um, played this medley that I put together and people like exploded. And there were like 500 people in the, in the audience and I was super nervous. So I played my original, no one was responding. Then I went into a hip hop medley and then I remember like these two, I don't know if this is, I don't just these two big old black girls were like, <laughs> okay. And I was Front like, row. I was like, no, they were like in the middle. Okay. Okay. And I was like, yes. Yeah. And then I was just, he just, just, just fed off that energy and they were just like, and I was just like, <laughs> and then everybody started kind of vibing and feeling. And at the end of, at, at the end of everybody was just up clapping and I was like, <gasps> what just happened? And I went away and then everybody was like, oh, Tyler, that was the best thing ever. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I um, ended up winning that competition um, in, in like this UNC. Like there were like 15,000 students of the school, this whole thing. And I was just like, what? And uh, wow. the next year they invited me to be a judge. And then the judge was like, the guy next to me was a head of a radio station. Again, before YouTube was like even a thing. I think Boyce Avenue had put like a song out or something. And, um, He's like, you and the, the the winner of this, you guys should put a band together. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. And just being me, I'm like, musicians don't work hard. Athletes work hard. Okay, I was like, yeah. I'll bring everybody together. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, you, we're going to be in a band. Also, I have a friend who plays drums and I have a person who plays. Let's, we're going to rehearse tomorrow at 5 o'clock. You can be there? And they're like, yeah, I guess. All right, let's go. So I set up this rehearsal space, got all the equipment because I was like, you know, I was like, you, just dinking around yeah, yeah. on stolen software. <laughs> yeah. Sonar. Cakewalk, bro. Yeah, yeah Sonar. Sonar 8.5. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I love that you know oh, that. Yeah. I love oh, yeah. that you know I that. I used it. I used it. Yes. I had to. I found out that you used it, so I had to use it, obviously. Dude, and it's amazing. A- it's amazing to me, like, when you look back how your story builds on each other. Like, my mom put me in the band as a bass player because I just, I don't know why. She was a church musician. She had her own thing going on, but I, like, was so fascinated with the gear. So I was the guy in the back, like, this. why does this mix sound so unprofessional why do these songs over here some like so i'd get behind the board and like turn things up. didn't know what compressors was i was like i'm gonna turn oh turn it down there because they're back away from the mic like yeah, yeah. it was just all like i'm just guessing and yeah. so that kind of transformed into picking up sonar and recording my own stuff i didn't have any money to make any music it was like i'll just make it myself like and so all of this like this hobby that i was just creating 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 and thinking i was going to be a school teacher going to school to be a school teacher going to school to be a football coach but all, all the while, like the secret passion of like creating and, and, and moving knobs back and forth. Yeah. And that whole thing. I don't know what fascinated me because it was so much different than every, it almost gave me significance in a sense, but no one knew about it. So it just, anyways, so I, I remember bringing the band together and setting up the sound and thinking, okay, if we get a subwoofer here, we plug the bass into, but we got to have the drummers. It was like this whole like setup. And then all of a sudden we're in this room together in a basement with a PA and the bass player brought his huge old sub and, and plugged into it and we had a drummer and we just played. And I was like, and I fell to the ground. I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> you just start floating yeah, away. You're we, out of your body. Dude, it was yeah. like, and we just played like a song by Gavin DeGraw. And I was like, what? And the, I wasn't even singing. I was just like, <gasps> and like it created this excitement that I couldn't contain. And I was like, this feels so good. It sounds so good. I was like, we're going to be the best band ever. We're going to make it. Yeah. And then literally within like two or three days, um, his name's Chris Kelly, DJ Chris Kelly. Oh, we're at 96.1 KSFM. Hey, FM. Chris Kelly. Yeah. He called me. He's like, all right, man, I got a gig for you. And I was like, okay. 
what's the gig? Uh, you know, the Frey's going to be in town. I was like, Ooh. dude, I know the Frey. They're from Colorado. They're down the street. They just have a song over my head, Cable Car. Like, yeah. So he's like, you guys want to open for him? And I was like, wait, Come on. you're kidding me. So I booked a gig at this like little small thing. We invited all of our friends. It sold out like 80 people. We played like a practice gig. And dude, we had like a recording of it and all this stuff. And <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. This is where all the fear takes place. But um, <laughs> I, I remember um, being in this band and thinking to myself like, I'm amazing. I have energy. Like listen to the pop punk stuff. Like get everybody hyped. Like, yeah. My vocals are wonderful. Like, I can sing on key. Because <laughs> yeah. in church I did, I guess. And um, yeah, God, this is where it gets really tricky. So we had two lead singers. I was one of them. He was the other. And it was like, I want to be seen by everybody. And he wants to be seen by everybody. But he's kind of like a, he's kind of like a little bitch. Like, cause, cause like he's a musician and I'm the athlete. It was like this weird right, yeah, yeah. twisted thing where like, I put this band, it was a very prideful. And, uh, but anyways, we went to the show, just Moby Arena, 7,000 people, played a show. Literally, I was just, me and my friends, we were just on stage. It was like a 35, 40-minute set, and the crowd went nuts. We, we ended basically with a medley that I did at the, the event. Yeah, yeah. And people went nuts, and I was like, they love this. And I was like, they connected with covers, and we played some originals that they really liked um, that my friend actually wrote most of, and... Now, looking back, if I wasn't such an arrogant brick, I would have been like, this is a really good thing. You guys should like work stuff out. Um, and it didn't get kick, kicked out of my own band because I wanted to work too hard. So they kept the name and they kept going and I was left on my, lo- my own. And I was like, I can't trust anybody because whenever I start something, they just take it from me. And oh, all okay. that, that, gotcha. that goes all the way back to my family. But anyways, so I was like, well, if I, if I can't trust anybody, I can trust myself. And so I get online and I see this cover kind of really cheesy crappy but kind of like intriguing cover of this band black and white early boyce avenue video and i was like they had put one out maybe like six months prior they, and i was like yeah and i looked through and they were doing all these covers that i had done at these bars and all these covers that i knew people connected with and i was playing on the weekends just taking shots and playing music and mm-hmm. people loved it um and i was like I could do that. Like I could do, I could do that. I know how to record. It's an acoustic and a vocal. And I think that they're doing it live, but I'm going to study this. And I studied it. And I was like, they're definitely doing it live. Like, how did you breads, know? Yeah. How did you know? Bre- but then here's the trick. They weren't. I didn't think they were. They weren't. To be honest, I'm talking about yeah. their super early. They removed all their early. Videos, yeah. Like, like the, they had what, like a Rihanna one, I think. And yeah. they did no air. Yeah. Um, and they did Wonderwall was one of their early ones. I yeah. Thought. It was. Yeah. It, and I was like, I just studied. I studied. I was like, I can do this. But so I didn't know it wasn't live. So I just was like, well, I'll just play live. And so I just started. Um, it was 2009, dude. That's 11 years ago. Yeah. 11. Yeah. Um, I just got my acoustic and got a mic very similar to this, but it was SM7. It was an SM7. It was a 58. 58, It was a 58. But that was live? When you recorded into your 58? Yeah, so here we go. So I hooked it up and I did three takes. And you'll notice in my old videos, you can even show it if you want, you'll see these fades, black into the thing. And it'll shift and it'll go black. And then it'll go. Because what I ended up doing was, I was like, I don't like the way this sounds, but if I move it a little bit, maybe I can move the video. But I'll fade in and out of the video. So there were three takes I did. And I just picked and choose maybe verse here sounds good. Half of the core sounds good here. It was doing like live comping. Basically. Yeah, but were you were you 
comping like you weren't just taking the vocal and, and, and putting over one solid guitar pass you, you had to chop up the guitar passes I, it was like yeah it was two tracks and i would just take those two tracks and blend them in chop and it was yeah. the same it was crazy because it was because i played them so much that it was the same rhythm yeah you weren't playing a click or anything right? playing a click it was yeah. all it was all live and that was in the beginning um for like a year and a half and then boyce avenue reached out and they go, hey, we see what you're doing. My channel is growing. I had like 200,000 subscribers at the time. How, was, how many videos had you had out at this point? Then? Okay, so 2009, um, I put out one video, two videos, maybe three. And they were just like kind of like live Taylor Swift covers, like with my hat on in this room in my dad's house. Yeah, Use um, Somebody. Use, right? use Somebody. That, yeah, was, that, that was, was the good. first one that I ever saw was yeah, Use Somebody. I remember that. That one is, um, that was probably like video six or something. Okay. Okay. Um, that was live. That was live. Um, and then the backing vocal wasn't live, but I made it feel like live. And I was like, why don't I just do like lip syncing? Because, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to be disingenuous. I was like, no, I'm good alive. It carries an energy. It makes sense. People are connecting. Um, here's an, here's another just to, just to get back. So to to tie these together, Boyce Avenue, yes, was a huge, huge motivating factor to me. And they were like the reason I started. I was like, oh, you can do this online. Okay, then. Um, the covering and connecting with people was like, this is cool. And then um, I was, it was New Year's Eve in 2000, it was 2009, it's crazy. New Year's Eve, and there was this giant song called um, Apologize yeah. by One Republic. Yeah. They had it out, it was crushing. I show up to this dude's house, I get invited to, I get invited to dinner, and I'm sitting around, and I look around the table, and Ryan Tedder is at our table. Because my friend knows he went to high school with him. Come on. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Ryan Tedder's the table. He, he ordered two really nice bottles of wine. And I keep thinking to myself, like, this is so arrogant of me. He has so much money. He should be paying for me. I was super broke. Okay. $200 yeah, yeah. a week kind of thing. Yeah. Making, man, like $100 a week, dude. But like money was a huge fear of mine. My dad and my mom always fought about money. My, my uh, dad blamed basically uh, all of his issues relationally on not having enough money and so it was my like i was hoarding it it we came from nothing it was just like it was crazy and I, it was very arrogant and i was like he's making so much he should just share the wealth basically kind of like this weird thing no he did nothing wrong he bought two nice ass bottles of wine <laughs> for everybody anyways i was like well this is cool and i i also noticed too like i have a draw to powerful people because i'm thinking well if i can just either a learn from them i could you know be better or this is where it's twisted again. Like maybe I can manipulate that situation so they'll think I'm good, so they'll take me under their wings, so I'll be significant in some way. And it was almost like this using pattern that I started with, but it wasn't even, he was smarter than that. He he had had success. He had, he had that number one hit or whatever. Anyways, we go back to his house and they start, we just kind of party that night. And I was like, wow, I'm partying with Ryan Tedder and I like kind of made, this is, this is where it gets nerdy. I'm like, oh, hey, where's your bathroom? He's like, over there. And I was like, cool, it's used. He's like, oh, you just go upstairs. And I was like, sweet. So I just, by myself, oh, I, I go upstairs and I'm like, I'm in Ryan Tedder's house. This is cool. I'm going to go peek around. <laughs> so I go up, he's got, and it's not even his house. It's like this, it's this downtown Denver, this like three-story apartment. He's like building a house down. I probably get all of my ideas from this. That's so weird. Because I lived in a condo, then I built, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's building a house in Cherry Creek, which is a nice area in Denver. And I know that, but then I go upstairs to his third floor. And at the time, I'm just like, what do these guys use for all their like stuff? Like, does he record? Like, is he live? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And I go up to the third floor and I see this little mini studio. And all he's using is a MacBook. 
He's using a really, really, really nice mic. It was a um, guy. It was a what? I can't even remember the name of it. Um, what is like your standard? Like a tube? Was it a tube? A vintage tube mic? Like a sixty-seven, forty-eight, two fifty-one. It was okay. Was it like just a condenser, like an eighty-seven or something like that? It was a Neumann eighty-seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it was it was really nice. It's like three or four thousand yep. dollars, whatever. But it was a newer model, and I was like, "Oh, it's not even vintage." Like, <laughs> but then I look at it, and it goes right, no and it went right into the uh, that Avalon Pre, and I was like, "I've read about those. Those are like clean. Why is he using clean? Is that a pop vocal?" And I'm like looking at this dude's studio, like before even like iPhones take pictures. I'm like writing this down, yeah, yeah. thinking one day I'm gonna get an Avalon, yeah, uh, yeah. And one day I'm gonna get a Neumann, yeah. <laughs> okay, then I'll be like Ryan Tedder, and I and I go and I turn. Literally, bro. I'm in a small. It's a small, small closet room kind of thing. It's like like a you're supposed to put an office in. It. And I turn. It's, it's got that desk. It's just like, I was like if he's making and it's and it's one of those like, <laughs> one of those circular like vocal booths. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like you, you hear yeah. the echo, but you can like get the. And I was yeah. like, okay, I need that. And I turn. I remember like seeing his setup, and I'm exploring his house without anybody knowing. Thinking this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. And I looked over, and I see the plaque for most streams or most downloads ever on iTunes for Apologize. Because they were, I think it was in 2008 or 2007 it came out and it had the most downloads of all time. Wow. And do that moment to me, I was like, okay, no one really gets this opportunity to just be in a place and around people who are like this successful. Like what is happening? And I'm, I'm like feeling it in my body as I'm telling you. Because yeah, I, yeah. I haven't gone through this story ever. I've never shared this. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you get to hear it first oh, on yeah. In the Red, in ladies the red. and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I remember going to my, telling myself, I'm like, I remember playing with the fray and feeling that live sensation and being like, I love this. People adore you. This whole thing. I remember Ryan Tedder's place sneaking around in his house, looking at the <laughs> apologize plaque and then coming down and being like, what, what's happening? Like, this is ordained in a way. Like, you can't, you can't, bring this I don't know I, no matter how hard you try and work and how much you like present yourself you can't just like you can't make this stuff up and or put yourself in these situations unless for some reason you're supposed to head in that direction I just took those things as like I'm supposed to continue in this I woke up on his couch he comes downstairs with this really crappy old guitar and he's playing me being judgmental because I'm so insecure because literally the day it was like a month before, I listened back to this recording of, of Moby Arena, and my friend is just, he's got an amazing voice, he's writing these songs, and then I listen to my voice, and I'm like, that's not how it sounds in my head. Why, why is that not, like, his? Why is that not, like, the guy on the, on the, and dude, it was like, it was a wake-up call, where I was like, I'm really not a good singer. Like, I think I am. And just because I perform and can draw people in, I don't have a vocal like control and that was like and I took in two years of opera and I had taken two years I mean I've been growing up singing in the church and it was just like well maybe it's because I can't hear myself maybe it's because all these different things and um I remember even just thinking back to the times when I re record this is pre-auto-tune this is what I'm gonna say like I'll, I'll give you the whole spiel yeah pre-auto-tune I was like I, I would record 50 takes and I have to splice it all together because I was like I just, it doesn't sound like the radio. It doesn't sound, and it, so it like really honed in my ear and my, I'd send it to my mom and, and I'd comp these things. I'm like, this sounds really good. I sent it to my mom. She's, she's amazing. She's got like, 
she's a gifted musician yeah and she can hear everything and she goes Tyler, at 42 seconds, 0.5, like your vocal's pitchy and it's flat. Actually, that's um, that's sharp right there. And she'd pick it apart and I would just go, damn, I, I really am not a good singer. And I would listen back to that, mo- like the pinnacle of whatever I was trying to do. And I was like embarrassed. I didn't want anybody to see it. I didn't want anybody to know I sucked because I wanted to present a quality product. Um but anyways, being being with Ryan Tedder, like hearing him live, no, he, I was like, this dude's a singer, and he came downstairs and he's playing his little guitar, like ding 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 ding. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing, man? Why are you practicing guitar? Because I'm just on the couch thinking, oh, yeah. Tedder. So I was like, I, I need to learn as much as I can. And he's like, um, yeah, dude, I don't want to be a hack. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I get up on stage. I don't really know what I'm doing guitar, but I don't really want to be a hack, so I got to practice. So he's just like practicing, and I was like, oh, that's good advice like you've made it and you have to practice yeah the guy with the most streams ever on itunes is practicing, is practicing in the morning in the yeah. morning on january yeah. 1 and i was like well hey man can you do me a huge favor and he was like what do you want man i was like this is like that fear part where you don't know if you're trying to i don't know what was happening i just felt like there was an opportunity i needed to step in i was really 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 scared to just ask for advice and i go i have a song that i recorded and i've been working on it for a couple of years i don't really know can you just listen to this? And it was a, it was, I kind of want to let, want you to hear it. I'll, okay. I'll find it. It's I would old, love to hear it. It's called Our Stories Told. I've heard it. And it was, this, I know that song. It took me like three or four years to learn how to record it or whatever. And I was like, can you listen to this? And he was like, ah, yeah, I guess. But he hears demos all day. Yeah, he was starting yeah. a record label. He was, it was, it was hard to ask someone. And it was humbling to ask someone and to be like, I'm really fearful right now, but I don't think I'm going to get this opportunity again. How can I ask in a way? That's respectful. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know you're busy. Can you just l- listen to this? Just take 30 seconds. He's like, sure, plug it in. So I plugged in a little iPhone. This is like iPhone, iPhone 4. Yeah. <laughs> like, try to download it, push play, and it's like, and it starts playing. And he's like, who did the production? And I was like, I, I did. He goes, where'd you record this? I go, I was in my dad's bedroom. He goes, really? Dang, this sounds like John McLaughlin. This is one of his friends, and he had a, he had a huge song at the time. He's like, this is pretty good, man. Like, and I was like, he's like, cool. And he started like playing along to it with his little guitar. No he way, just that's so cool, dude. That's actually such a cool thing. Yeah, to and, I, and I was just like, he, he, wait, does he actually like my production? Because I, I hated all of it because I didn't know what was good or wasn't because I had mm. no feedback. He's like, honestly, dude, like, and he goes, give it two years. Just give it two years. And um, you'll probably, we'll probably run into each other again. And I was like, Okay. And this is the time where like YouTube was kind of taking off. Mm-hmm. I was doing those live takes. And so it was a lot easier for me to like maneuver certain things. Cause I could do three takes. Like I, it, was, it yeah. was this whole thing. So, um, yeah, I got home. He, he actually mentioned, he's like, Oh, I just wrote a song for the fray. I know that you play with fray and it's, they're going to, it's going to be their next single. And it's going to be big. And I was like, okay. Um, what was it? Uh, it was the one, it, uh, is it don't let you go? Yeah. Go you did a cover. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Is it you go or me down? Don't let me down. Something like that. Maybe you may be right. I think you're right. That was that was eleven years ago. That was one of my favorite but, covers of yours too, by the dude, way. Dude, and you know what's crazy? He go, I feel it. Like, he goes, it's gonna be a single. And I was like, okay. So this is where things started taking off. I went home, took all that knowledge. I was like, I kind of have he likes my production. I should probably start working on this. Like he knows what he's talking about. I'm just gonna believe that this is the right thing. You just don't get these opportunities very often. So I went home. I was living like with my band at the time in Colorado Springs. That was a whole nother story. And um, I just sat up a camera and I just played the Frey song and I put it out. And at the time there was like a little building of a following and I had probably like two or 3,000 views in like three or four days. And I was like, wow, that's cool. 
And then like two months later, that song came out as a single. And mine was again, one of the most searched for ones because it was like the only cover out mm -hmm. there. And when that song blew up on the radio, mine was searched for. And like, that was just growing and growing and growing. And I was like, I have to do this. I have to, I have to. And remember, I'm a football player, so I'm not lazy. So right. I'm gonna work hard. So all these right. people are like, oh, dude, just like take your time and write your song. I was like, no, <laughs> no, I'm gonna capitalize on this because Voice Avenue, I've seen what's happening here. And I'm actually, I feel like I have a different quality that I bring to the table and I need to pursue this. So I just, it was like two or three songs a week for like, three or four years yeah it was like two songs a week for three or four years and then i got my friends involved in this whole thing and it went from like zero to like a hundred miles an hour and like okay that year before that i booked a show it was 13 tickets sold when i started hustling after that story with ryan tedder and then the the the, the olympics video came out I had all my friends with me and i was like practicing my recording with friends and thinking to myself you know what? i'm just gonna go for it i don't and then I learned about, my cousin was an engineer in Texas, and he was like, do you know about auto-tune? I was like, no, I don't. I hate recording vocals. Yeah. He's like, well, dude, you could just, like, set it. And like, I was like, what do you mean? And he showed me, and I was like, oh, auto-tune gave me a career. <laughs> <laughs> so Mind I just, like, blown. yeah, I was like, I don't have to do 50 takes. And, like, but I was, at the same time, too, you, you understand the complexities of, like, these insane musicians who have gifts who have vocals, who, who know what they're doing. And you get, and, and I've, I've been creating things my whole life without it. And it was sounding somewhat decent. But then when that was introduced, I was like, Oh, I can do four or five passes, pick my favorite and then tweak it a little bit. Um, that will save me time. And I was like, game over for me. Yeah. Like, this is just efficiency. Yep. So I, I went through that whole process. Um, and I overtune things and then I undertune things and then I send it to my mom to get approval. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All these things. And so, um, yeah, dude, it was just crazy. When I remember booking a show, 2010. I feel like I'm talking a lot. Is this no, okay? it's great. Okay. I, dude, talk away, man. Okay. The stories are fascinating, Jan honestly. January 2010. Nope, it was, yeah, January 2010. Um, so it was just kind of like starting to, to flow. Um, I, I booked a show. Actually, sorry. I booked a show, yeah, January 2010. All this stuff. So 2010 is when I woke up at Ryan Tedder's place. And so that stuff kind of started snowballing. I did the, the song within like a couple days. Mm -hmm. You had an in, by the way. You had a, a little uh, little tip off there to get in yeah. on that song before it came out as a single. Yeah, what do they call that in the stock market? It's like insider trading. Yeah, yeah. You had like <laughs> you had the inside tip. Yeah. yeah dude. Well, but you also applied that, I think, going forward too, because every song you did going forward, it felt like you knew what was gonna be the next hit before it came out, and your cover of it was already out basically the day after the song came out. Or it was crazy. you know, you did it with a Bieber song too, or like. I forget what song it was. Big song. And uh, I can't... Baby. 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 You put it out like the day after it came out. Oh, no. That was um, Girlfriend. Oh, Girlfriend. Okay. That one crushed. Okay. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That was cool. But, but you had that strategy of, yeah. I'm going to get ahead. Once people realize how good the song is, they start searching on YouTube. Guess what the first one that's going to yeah. pop up is going to be? And it'll be this good looking dude with a great sounding voice and incredible production and his own spin on it. Yeah. You know, and that's so, I mean, for someone who doesn't know you to just stumble across your video like that, that's, it's kinda, you're gaining fans, right? It's like kind of right wild, away. right? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty nuts. It's wild. You guys should watch the video of me and Alex from 10 years ago. Oh my God. He found me and I, the reason I like Alex is because the dude, okay, I'm going to brag on you for a minute. Okay, okay, go ahead. From the beginning, and I know that you've had your ups and downs with, you know, 
hockey and arrogance and then humbling and breakups mm-hmm. and the whole thing. But ever since the beginning, I don't know what it is, but he's always had a, uh, every, everybody's like welcome and a pleasant, easy going mentality. And it was weird. Cause like knew that the first time I chatted with you, I was like, you don't find people like that very often. I was like, yeah, he's going to use me. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't care. It's fine. It's Tyler Ward TV. And, and yeah. He was so, he was so charming. He was so appreciative. And he was like, wow, I'm doing this whole thing. And, I don't know, there was like a kind of a small, like almost little brother, like, actually, I really like this guy. And then I remember really, really, really liking who you were as a human being. Like, it just goes to the core of who you are. When I was on tour and you came onto the bus and we hung yeah. out for a little bit and I was like, yeah. dang, dude, that dude is, that dude is real. He's been the same since I've known him from the beginning. He's not really trying to use anybody. He's just trying to figure it out. And that's a, that was so like genuine. I was like, dang, this kid's cool. <laughs> so that the reason I, I feel like this is a blessing is because I get to see the whole story and whole journey. And, and it's like, it like blows my mind that you're doing this. Yeah. Man. And I want to support as much as I can. Yeah, man. Well, you played a, such a huge role. I know I just I said it before, but like you were the reason I got into this. I mean, like I saw your videos. I saw you somebody first, I think. It's crazy. And it was more so like, it was just like, I don't know. It was it was how creative you were doing it and how professional it all was. Like, it was like you weren't cutting corners. You weren't just like filming on a regular ass phone camera and putting yeah. it like you were like taking care of it. And to me, that was a huge part of your success was how good it all sounded. And you know, look at Boyce Avenue. All their stuff sounded great. So good. Sounded incredible and and it looked good and yeah. you know, and you could tell that you cared about what you were doing. Yeah. And and that was inspiring. It was like, oh, I can care about something the way he's caring about that, you know? And I fell in love with the production and, and all that stuff. And like you said, like you were you were sneaking up into Ryan Tedder's house, like trying to figure out what mics and what preamps he's using. I was watching your YouTube videos going, what the fuck? What mic is that? You know, I even, no, no. <laughs> yeah, at no, one, I point, you, I at one point, I even asked you, because you had a hookup with blue microphones. Yeah. You had a blue Robbie preamp. Yeah. And you had a blue Dragonfly mic. Yeah. And you had a Kiwi mic. I love the Kiwi, but I Dude. couldn't afford it. You, I asked you and I said, hey man, I love that Dragonfly. I, I, I want to get one, you know, it's a little out of my, my budget. Yeah. Do you know anyone? You know, I, I selfishly asked you to hook yeah. me up with one and you did. And you, and they, the guy from Blue reached out and they gave me a great deal. I mean, they gave me like half the price on it, whatever it was. And I, that I had Tyler Ward's microphone now. And now I could record like Tyler Ward and I could, you know, mm-hmm. like it was just that easy. So like, little did I know yeah. there's a, there's a whole ton of you get the same You get experience. the same S's so just, with that one. Yeah. Too, <laughs> which I kind of like now. Yeah. I just accepted it. Yeah. That's cool, man. But, but so it, that's, just, that's amazing. It comes, it, it's literally, it's a circle, man. You had to find out how it was done at the most professional level. Yeah. Right. And find out what they were using. And you had that curiosity about you. And I carried that same curiosity about, what you were doing, you know, you may not have been the most listened to person on iTunes or the most downloaded stream on iTunes, but you were definitely in my eyes, one of the most popular people on the internet (laughs) at the time, you know, when, when you started to blow up and, you know, things like California girls came out and that whole, like that whole, like segment that, you know, uh, the Tayo Cruz song you did there too. I remember that one. Like there was just so many, so many videos that I was so, I was like, how how you know teenage dream your cover of teenage dream was nuts to me it was you and you're sitting there on your acoustic but the harmonies and the the camera angle from above looking down like 
I don't know. It was all so cool to me. And I, uh, the fact that you were cool enough to be like, yeah, let's do some videos for Tyler Ward TV. And let's, yeah, man, come on the bus. Come to the show. Come come hang out. Come on the bus. You know, we even opened for you. I played in a. Yeah, yeah, dude, totally. So I, 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 st I started right. this country band, man. <laughs> I started this country band with yeah. two of my, my best buddies, Mike Gear and, and oh, Aiden great. Johnson Bougeau. And um, we won this contest to open for you in Toronto at, oh, God, what was the. Do you remember the the venue? Yeah, it was on the water. Heather Jansen was there. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I love Heather. Jan love, I think she's gonna do one of these. By we the love way. Heather Jansen. I we love, love a good Heather, Heather Jansen. Jansen. <laughs> <laughs> I love Heather. She's so sweet. She's um, amazing. And and yeah, man. But just the fact that you were so welcoming. Listen, I knew, I knew that it would help me. Obviously, selfishly, I knew that. But I didn't. That wasn't my intent. My intent wasn't to be like, I'm gonna get his following. I'm gonna like. No, it was more so like, how do I get close to that so I can see how it's done and learn and take that in and implement it into my own yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. And that was, that was the core of it for me. And so I was so grateful and so starstruck and so like, Dang. you know, like, and, and my mom was like, well, he's on YouTube, big, you know, yeah. big deal. But like, it was a big deal to me. Like that was the future. That was where, you know, things were headed. Yeah. And, and things uh, are now. And where people could do it on their own. They didn't yeah. have to go to a, a studio and pay $1,200 a day or whatever, you know, and hire an engineer. Like you could just do it on your own. Yeah. If you, if you cared about it enough and you put in the, the time and you, you learned as you went and implemented that into your future stuff, like y you could do it on your own and you could make it happen. You could be a self-sustaining person. That's now, crazy. in my case, I never had the talent that you had. I was never a musician. I didn't have, I don't think I had any music in my family at all. My grandpa could sing. He was a good singer, but um, other than that, I didn't have the talent, right? Yeah. So another part of you that really fascinated me was the way you worked with other people. Um, when I saw that We Are The World video, yeah. and I saw Katie McAllister, and I oh, saw yeah, she's great. Epic, and I saw, <laughs> you know, like, all, like you yeah. see that, and then you see them start to create their own branches and their own brands brands off of Before that brands of the human were brands yeah off of that yeah. and and that also hit me hard because i knew listen it's hard when you know you suck it's hard it sucks trust me i get it yeah but you but you trust me i get it you are talented like you have some musician in you like you you have that right i was i was a hockey player growing up i played hockey for 20 years dude i didn't know what a note was. I didn't know what a scale was. I didn't know anything about music, right? Yeah. Like, and I was just fascinated by one, the quality, two, the work ethic, three, the inclusion, the way you included yeah. people and the way you were able to start other people's careers, literally. I mean, you literally were, uh, you know, you enabled people to be like, oh, I can do this, you know, whether it was yeah. from afar or from just working with them, you know, how many, how many of those artists that you worked with that we just mentioned started their own stuff and are still doing it to this right. day, right? Like I think 75% are full-time musicians still, yeah. still. Yeah. Which I'm, it blows my mind. It's nuts. Um, to be a part of that, even just a catalyst for some of that change, man. It was, and that to me is where like the fire of like, oh, this is what this is about. This is empowering other people. Um, granted, it's beautiful as a selfish thing too. You're like, whoa, this is like really special. I get to do what I love to do for a living and a really good living. And I get to learn the business skills, but also like, to work with, I don't know, it, it's, it's, I'm like going to cry. <laughs>
it's let amazing, it let dude. it flow. Yeah, dude, it's yeah. crazy. It's not well. You've come so far, man. It's been like you said. It's been ten years, and that and that in itself, just hitting a benchmark like that, is enough to make you look back and be like, whoa, look at what I did. Like, look at like you like you said at the beginning. Like you built an empire. Essentially, yeah. you built this huge thing under the banner of Tyler Ward music, and you weren't afraid to like let other people feed off that and and use it for their own good as well which i think is huge i know in the music industry and in any industry really i guess anyone that's doing well there's always the leechers there's always people that like want to use their success to create their own and that's happened too yeah and and that's hard and i i know but it's not there's there's people that shut out all help like if you're at the top right and you you decide no fuck i'm not helping anyone they're just here to use me right yeah you you weren't really like that ever. Well, not to me, not to anyone that I saw around you really from afar, but you were never really like that. You never really shut anyone out and you were never like, this is mine and nobody gets to enjoy this, you know, except for me. It was always inclusive. And so that is, I think, one of your strongest qualities, dude, honestly. Like that's like, that's huge. That's just a, that's just a, a, a cool trait to have, you know, and it's a very, very important thing I think to learn to like grow in, man. Like Dude, that's like, huge. It's like a, you know, makes me feel things. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, man. It, it was really cool. And, and dude, like, <laughs> I can't believe it's ten years. I actually, I actually cannot believe it's been ten years, man. Remember the Tyler Ward TV videos? Remember, dude. hey Alex, hey Tyler. Well, so here's the crazy thing, Alex. If you, it's hard sometimes to stop and to reflect and to be okay with what where things have gone and. Dude, there's been some people in my life too, man, that like, oh, geez, this is crazy. <laughs> but like the, the people I love the most, sometimes they get closest to you and um, you don't know how to handle any sort of success or any sort of like, you don't have the tools, you don't have uh, family instilling these like virtues of not being selfish when you've seen selfishness your whole life. So it's like, yes, I was inclusive, but there are also moments of like protection where there's a lot of envy from people who, you know, would be fur- go further than me. Like, or like, just because you use me and I'm going to use you. It was like this kind of, instead of like holding it lightly and saying, no, you're really good at what you do. You should go. Mm-hmm. It was, you should go and I'll take a piece of that kind of thing too. And it was, there was this kind of breakdown point where there's people in that crew and, that, and I just like love it. And I have to look back at fond memories, but and sometimes I have to remind myself that like all that was so beautiful because... Like, yeah, but also, like, hurt people in that, too, um, in a way of, like, you're just growing up, and you're figuring it out, and you don't know really what the hell you're doing. You're just, you're one of the first of your kind, so you're going to make mistakes. It's like, that's why they had the 2.0 versions and the 3.0 versions. <laughs> I was basically YouTube 1.0, um, manager, I'd be janitor, and CEO yeah. of the entire thing, and you do the best you know how. And so there's been relationships. If I could go back, I would... Um, I would implement almost more of that mentality of like, because th- there was a heart of me. It was just like, I love these people. I want them to succeed. And then there was this also like, don't leave me. Mm. Because if you leave me, like, what, what, what is this all worth? You know? So there was this, like this, this fear of like, so I got to hold on to you. And, and it's almost like you choke things out sometimes. So holy cow, there was uh, there's beauty. And then, and then beauty is there's the pain. But the, I think the whole thing, and I just like love this so much because without like that driving factor of, you're going to leave me like I, I, I wouldn't hustle as hard. 
because I need to be on top. Because if yeah. I'm on top, you'll be, you'll be, you'll think I'm great. You're, and you're still gonna is, keep coming. Yeah, <laughs> it goes all the way back to the beginning of like, yeah. if I prove myself good enough, like people will love me. And then kind of undoing that whole thing and being like, no, the real me, genuinely, the real me is I love seeing people win, and I love just being a part of that success. And if I can just stay in that lane, like. If I hold it lightly, people will, just like you, dude, and I see it in you, it's crazy. It's like, they will come back because you've treated them with respect and you want them to win. And when they win, in turn, without even trying, you've won mm -hmm. because they'll, oh, he, he knew who I was prior to X, Y, and Z. And so as I've gotten older, I've, I've realized, especially in the last four years, um, when you empower someone for success, like, let that be what it is. Mm -hmm. And also to make sure the contract makes sense yeah. and also be lenient and also like, you know, stand your ground. Cause you, you, you're owed something to from people's success, but hold it lightly and they will come back if it makes sense. And mm -hmm. if it's not meant to be, again, it's not meant to be, but you were part of their story. And if you can just be okay there, that's like, that's so cool. Um, and so looking back 10 years, man, it's just been like, I, I if you go on my Instagram, I, I decided to just remove everything from the beginning um, because sometimes when you're looking towards the future and what you want to do, like sometimes that season, you can't get back to that season. I've always really tried to get back to that season and what that is and what mm -hmm. my strengths are and this whole thing. And you can't really recreate the past. You kind of just got to let it be what it is and move forward. And so, um, in 2020, it's just been a reflection of like, I just, I'm never taking space. So January 3rd rolls around. I have these, like, I'll be honest. I had like, like six different dates on the calendar. Um, and I just emailed him and I said, I can't mm. do this. I can't, I can't move forward. There's a couple brand deals on the table. And anytime I think of like creating art for money now, I just go, okay, why? Like, why mm -hmm. do I, do I actually need this? And what, what, it was just this weird thing. So I just cleared my calendar and you, and you texted me. This is the day I cleared my calendar. I literally sent emails and made phone calls to cancel my entire year, deleting my Instagram, <laughs> archived just in case. Yeah, I <laughs> learned never that know. lesson. <laughs> I learned that lesson, and um, just just to just to just to go consistency and quality. Yes, that applies when you know who you are, but consistency and quality quality from a place that you, you don't necessarily know you're calling it during the season like is almost detrimental because you're just hustling after nothing. And the quality you put out, like, when you care, and my friend told me this, this is Jacob, my assistant, he told me this. When you care, Tyler, people care. Mm -hmm. When you're just putting quality content out just because you want to be consistent, what is it? I'm like, literally no one cares. I've been trying to maintain a following for three years. Mm -hmm. And it's literally just maintained. Yeah. And I can't grow it. Because yeah. the content, who I am, where this whole thing started... Um, was from a place of just like, this is my season. This is my voice. I'm going to hustle. This is, this is what I'm empowered to do. No one can tell me not to do it because this is literally what I want to do. And if I don't have a following, I don't care because like it just, I got to do it. Yeah. I have to do it. Yeah. I have to follow through regardless of what anybody thinks. And that was like liberating. But it was also, it came with just like, and I was growing up, like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'd get a team around me this time, but not a team that people said I should get. I would just, you know, handpick my team of people that I trusted in a way that's so different. Um, but now it's like when that, I, I truly believe it's crazy. Like this morning I woke up and um, I'm just sitting there thinking, and I'm like, what is this season? 
what is it that really truly fuels like I, I wish I had language for it. I wish I had language. You hear it in podcasts all the time. You hear it in happiness, pursue happiness, this whole thing. But it's such a deeper rooted identity thing of like, who, how do I come, how do I genuinely come alive? And then you have to sit with it. And I go, I have to be, I have to be honest with myself finally. Like I was doing this to be comfortable with money. So I would take that brand deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I'm being honest with myself, can you just, can you actually take a break, Tyler? And I go, I don't even know if I can take a break. So I, with that being said, you called me, you texted me. And I feel like this would be something that I actually genuinely, it's like a gift to me. Like I want to do this. Yeah. It's not for me. It's not for you. It's the fact that like, I just, I literally, I genuinely like as a human being, believe in who you are and what you're doing and the world needs to experience you. Thank you, man. Wow. Thank you. Honestly, that's huge. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I love sitting around with you. Thank you. And just like being. Yeah, man. I mean. I feel safe, man. It's so, <laughs> this glad. is so like, oh, I got a crush on you. Yeah. Or <laughs> hey, man, I'll give you my number after this. Okay, thanks. Um, dude, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. But I think in your case specifically, just from an outside perspective, yeah. um, I like, what is it that you want? What do you want? You know? what Because yeah. you, yeah. you have this look around you right like you have a beautiful house in the best part of nashville (laughs) and you have friends coming in and out and you've got jacob you know what i mean like you've got like you you've got a a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. of a lot of good around you Mm -hmm. you know the fact that you that you're not feeling inspired to create or you're not feeling like you're not sure you know what like what content is is going to be genuine you know yeah that's not a to me, it's not a big deal. You know, it's not, it is because yes, your job is to create content, but it's not a big deal in that there are so many other things around you that you can take solace in and just enjoy. And yeah. and there's like, dude, you got time, man. Like yeah. you're good, you're chilling, you know, you're you're set and you're, you got talent and you have so many positives around you, right? Yeah. If it's, if it's something in the past that you're trying to heal, you know, sure. Like go into that and yeah. take the time and go into that. Um, but as far as like going forward, man, the world is your oyster. Like, <laughs> like there's no, you know, like there's yeah. nothing. There's so many, uh, there's so much potential still after all the success you've had, there's still so much potential. And so I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. I, wouldn't th- I wouldn't overthink it. You know what I mean? Just in enjoy that- every day. Just like, just love freaking waking up, you know, next to your girl and, just love the little things. Think about the, like the tiniest things that you love and are grateful for. And just go off that. Start your day off that, you know? Yeah, it's, I'm just, I'm in a place of just kind of like breathing for a minute. Mm-hmm. And um, when the, art, the art will come out. Yeah, I art, was going to say, so, so going forward now, yeah. like, like not that you have to determine what's going to happen in the next, you know, five, ten years. But yeah. do you feel like, you know, when you're ready... You're gonna you're gonna create some original music. You're gonna go back into the cover game. What what do you what do you want to do? I just it's it's that artist thing, man. Like you yeah. hear those like there's a story in, in inside of me, and there's this like there's this experience that I have that is so unique to me that like I feel like is a niche for like specifically a handful of like um, performers and entertainers and 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 people never get a chance to really like get to those places. Um, there are like I'm I'm writing and journaling, and these song titles are coming to me and. And, and this, oh my gosh, what if it was said like this, like to actually penetrate the soul 
in a way that like people could understand and relate and hold on to and be like that right there. What is that? What was mm-hmm. that? Did you just speak what I was feeling for, for 15 years? And so when I've had those moments of breakthrough, I'm like, I want to bring the, to the table he- healing, genuine healing. Like mm-hmm. don't run, just, just sit for a minute. And if I can put into words my story just to let people go, go, uh, yo, I, I don't know anybody else felt that. Yeah, yeah. Like, because there's certain there's certain things I'm so insecure in ways that I've never expressed, and it's like even hard for me to like say that right now. And I'm just I'm working through it, I'm working through it. And it, out of that, I'm like, oh, maybe this is a this is my this might be my book. Um, and it's like it's my story. It's yeah, who, it's genuinely who I am and yeah. what I've struggled with and the things that I've just covered up because I just don't want I don't want anybody to know because yeah. if if they actually know, again, we go, you won't love me. And I don't love myself. Uh-huh. And until I can be okay with that, I can't love another person because I just point the finger, man. Like genuinely love another person. Yeah. Like yeah. intimacy in a place of like being seen completely. So I'm in that place of just like, it, it feels daunting, but it's it's not. It's like really, really healthy and really healing. And mm-hmm. it's, I, I, I would just want to get out of my own prison. Do you find- It's a weird place, man. Yeah. <laughs> do you find that, I mean, it's hard because when you put yourself out on the internet- Everybody wants to look perfect, right? Everybody yeah. wants to seem like they're doing great and they have the best life ever. And, you know, and not even, sometimes not even intentionally, but people just draw that from it. Like you don't even want to want it to be like that, but people will just receive it that way, right? So when you put out your string of YouTube videos and covers and it's it sounds incredible and it looks great, it's perfect, you look happy, you're smiling in it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's all, it's all a perfect image, right? Essentially. Yeah. yeah. And it might not be how you truly feel on the inside, but that's how it comes across because the internet, there's no, you can't, you can't really know, you know, how someone's actually feeling. There's always two sides, man. Yeah. And so do you find that that posed a big challenge or might still pose a big challenge for you as far as like, like, yeah, I look perfect in all this, but I got to tell you guys how I really feel, you know? Yeah. There's a struggle there. There's also this understanding that the world is the way it is and in or, like people are like, oh, you got to be genuine, authentic to make a difference, and then they come up with a really well crafted, yeah. genuine statement, and I'm like, okay, ge- oh, I mean, you're lying to us, and so I have to. And what I would have kind of justified this as and looked at it as like, there's there's marketing and there's a, like everything is lying to you. Literally everything is lying yeah. to you. So yeah. like, you, and, and it kind of came from these 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 documentaries that you watch about food and sugar and and what you put in your bodies and what you eat and how you treat yourself what you let in your mind like what has become normal in our society is like no this is a good thing when really it's just it's just lying to mm-hmm. you so it's it, yes there is there's this weird marketing thing that I'm very good at there's a little deception behind it because that's marketing that's the nature of it yeah it's just um, the nature of the people internet. want to consume perfection they just when I listen to a record. And I hear great sounding guitars. I don't want it to be sloppy. Yeah, I don't. So I want it to be lined up because it like feels good. Um, that's the battle. Then you listen to a you listen to a record. I mean, you told me something about a bedroom recording you guys just did. Yeah, and it's been one of the top stream songs that you guys have. Yeah, and I and I I sit there and I go, that to me is like, what? Yeah. And so there's like this starvation of like real, and that was real. Yeah. There's no tuning. I mean, you put a little effect on it, but it is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. that's not cheating. No, dude, I was, I just literally talked about this in our last yeah. podcast. Um, so, as far as like the conversation was about getting in the way of like trying to do too much when you don't need to. Yeah. And I was telling my, my buddy, who's actually the brother of, of Billy, who we recorded the song in my bedroom, um, what we heard 
coming out of the speakers. Just he he played a guitar pass, one pass. He sang a vocal, he sang a double vocal, and then he sang a harmony. And the way we heard so it just crazy. the first time back is the way it went out on Spotify. Not, I mean, we went, but I tried to mix the, and try to do all these fancy, and it was like, no, you have to, it has to be the way it is. It has to be genuine. It has to, because that's the way we record it, and that's the way we felt it in the moment, and that's the way it, it went out. And you're right, like, it has a really good response. The song, granted, not to take anything away from the song, the song is absolutely incredible, and the songwriting behind it is incredible. But yes, I, I agree with you, man. If you, if it feels, it feels genuine and honest. Like sometimes that's the play, you know? And, and so that's where I struggle. That's where I struggle because I know in, in marketing what sells. I know what people connect with when they just want to have a good time, when they want to forget almost like what's going on in their world just to like relax a little bit or to be inspired that you can actually, I don't know, create something that sounds wonderful. And that's always like a good feeling. But there's also that other side of like, I almost discredit myself as an artist sometimes because, and this is where the comparison game gets really, really bizarre because I know who I am in my lane and that's okay. But there's also like these artists who just don't want what I want and they don't, they're not doing it for comfort. They're doing it for, for art. And they're, I'm sure they're, they're driven by fear and anxiety and depression and, and it's like, it, and it's relatable and they're putting words to things that we all feel that we just want to, I don't know, we want to consume it. And, and there's like this authenticity that I'm just like, that's amazing. But I also know too, like some of the artists that you and I both work with, like when I worked with Jason Derulo, mm -hmm. homeboy can sing. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was sh literally in there. I was like, oh, he's probably needs a little help. Or whatever. And he got in there, did three takes. And I was like, yeah, that was the best thing I ever heard. Yeah. But he, he just, it's just a part of him. It's who he is. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have to try to do that. Mm -hmm. Me, I have to try to get it really, really good. So the beautiful thing is there are tools to help me say what I need to say in a way that people will consume it. Mm -hmm. Now you see me at a live show, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to just have the best, the best way I perform is an acoustic and a vocal and it's not going to be perfect, but that's a different version of me as an artist. So there's, it's weird. It's like painting. I'm, I'm working through that right now. Mm -hmm. Like it's all genuine. It all comes from the right place, but it's like, I don't know. I don't even want society to define what's right or what's wrong or what's yeah. genuine, what's disingenuous. Cause yeah. I think even there's an art to tuning sometimes. Yeah. I mean, listen to it circles by post Malone. listen to any post malone song yeah it sounds incredible it sounds so good and and you, you and feel good when you hear it yeah and i love i yeah. love consuming things that are gridded and whatever and yeah i love it i i'm a big fan of perfection for sure i get that there's value in in raw genuine sometimes that's the vibe you know um but i definitely love consuming perfection and one of one of those things is not lesser than the other they're just different ways of, of communicating. There's just as much talent in producing, <laughs> mixing a Post Malone song than there is in uh, doing a, a Jason Isbell record. And the fact that you, you know, know that to me speaks volume of like um, the humbleness of where you have to come from because you know in your own recordings where um, you would like help yeah. and how you can talk to people because you struggle here. So you're going to allow them, you're going to allow grace for them to mess up and then when you work with someone who's amazing you go i'm lucky to work with you yeah you know yep. so there's a humbleness there there's 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 you're there for a reason i'm here for a reason we bring different qualities also i think we bring a quality of like we know because this, i put myself in this category sometimes granted i have some musicianship skills um i am almost more of a listener than i am a performer and so i can go oh my gosh that's really good that moves me as a listener when some artists don't have that capability because mm -hmm. they they just want to say what they want to say. So being able to capture that as a producer 
and or an engineer and be like, hey, can you redo that sometime? That's a gift mm -hmm. that people don't even yeah. recognize or can't even see because they don't know the layers of recording. Right. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. It's an it's so fascinating to me, man. The whole recording process is is absolutely fascinating, and that's why I started this yeah. so that people like you, you know, people uh, can talk about it and and explain to to audiences like this is what happens. This is the struggle. These are the challenges, you know. And whether that's to do with songwriting, engineering. Mixing, whatever, whatever yeah, the lane yeah, is. Yeah. From the time that song was born to the time it hit the listener's ears, I want the listener, if they're curious, if they want to, I want them to have an outlet where they can be like, how the fuck? How did they do that? Oh, okay. I'll go listen to that podcast. I'll go listen to the podcast, see how Tyler Ward recorded this That's song. Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I want, I just, it, nobody talks about it. Okay. You know? One last thing, because I feel like this will make a lot of sense to you. you I, I, I don't know you're almost intimidated by those who, the perfection sometimes. You're intimidated by the gift of the artist and performer. And you get to mix somebody on the road for so long and you hear like the beauty that he brings live. It's like a gift. Um, I've also been able to be behind the scenes of giant records for people who are selling millions and millions of downloads, but they're not necessarily that gifted vocally. But where their gift in lies is they just know people. Mm -hmm. And so that's, they have to have a vehicle to get to people and that's going to be music. And so their voice not, might not be that strong, but for some reason it connects. Mm -hmm. And so you got to help them along. And uh, in that process, it's like, uh, you, you find this like, um, I don't even know. It's, it's, you're giving people a different gift. It's not about how good he is, how many, sometimes the best songs are just simple four chords, good voice. So it, communicates a message and sometimes a songwriter just needs to say that you know but when I was, I'm trying to tell you was okay so yeah so this last year in Nashville it's been amazing um some of my favorite artists some of my favorite um songwriters some of my favorite even performers aren't really great vocalists they're just mm -hmm. insane performers and insane entertainers and great people mm -hmm. and they know people how, like how people work and it's like the psychology and they know how to bring people in and go you're all right we're good. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I know what you need right now. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And some people need that leadership sometimes. So it's cool to be able to package that product into a vehicle of a song to get people to just to connect. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Man. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, uh, it's the, uh, it's the telephone to, to humans yes. trying to reach each other. Right. And it's crazy. I love, oh, yeah, I love essentially. <laughs> I think that I just really want to reiterate this fact. Like I was blown away. I think it was five years ago, four years ago when you're like, yeah, I'm just working with a guy. I was like, oh, yeah, who's that guy? You're like, Hunter Hayes. I was like, Alex, bro, like, you come a long way then. <laughs> Dude, I got, I got, here's the thing. I That's got, crazy. I got me. really lucky, man. I, I studied at Blackbird uh, Academy, yes. which was like a six month engineering and program. And why did you come out to Blackbird? That's my Because question. I was playing in a country band and I knew I wasn't going to play forever and I wanted to record. And I loved country music. And I, I thought to my, my theory, and I, this is about everything, is if you want to do something at the highest level, Go to where the highest level is. Find out how they're doing it. Go into Ryan Tedder's fucking bedroom. <laughs> find out what he's using, and and do it. You know what I mean? And just and learn and be a sponge. And so I went to Blackbird. I was a huge sponge. I w I had done some like the, the program itself. I don't want to say it was elementary because you're literally in the most prestigious studio in the United States. Some people might beg to differ, but in my opinion, literally the best studio in the United States. 
and you're working on the best gear and you're working on the stuff that like the the pros use it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, like you you get your hands on that. So you are already feel included, right? And then I had a background already. I, I had started on my own and started so I kind of knew, you know, I knew I knew how to call. And it was the curiosity too, because you were like, how do I get good at this? I'm gonna research and figure out how to do it on my own before I even go in. Yeah, anywhere. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 But the curiosity is always there. But yeah. I knew I couldn't. Uh, for some reason, uh, maybe I, I I thought I couldn't get there on my own. I couldn't get to that highest level. Yeah, yeah. So I had to I had to tame that like curiosity of like how do they do it at that level? How do they? So I went out there. I did really well in the program. I was like number one in my class. And and this engineer at the time, his name is Steve Mark Antonio. He's from Nashville. He's an incredible, incredible engineer and an even more incredible person. Um, and he was looking for an assistant at the time. And so he, he was teaching classes at Blackbird. Um, and so he, like, he would come in as like a, you know, a cameo or whatever and like, you know, teach a class. And he asked them, Hey, I'm looking for an assistant. Do you guys have any like young upstart people? And they were like, well, yeah, we have this kid. He's doing really well. You should, you should meet with him. So I sat down with him and he, what really won him over was the fact that I played hockey. He's a big hockey fan. And so I told him, yeah, I'm Canadian. And uh, he never let that go. He still makes fun of me for being Canadian to this day. And uh, and he loved the fact that I played hockey. And immediately we, we clicked and we hit it off. And he started bringing me into rooms that, I mean, a kid that feels like he just learned how to record for six months. Oh, okay. Six months. He yeah, is scared. And, and, and he's bringing me into rooms with Steven Tyler and, and Eric Church <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, Hunter Hayes and, and all this stuff started happening. Brantley Gill, all these crazy country artists who I was like, I want to learn how to record their shit. Like they, they, they record it. And now I'm in the room with them. I get to see how it's done. You know, I, I was so lucky to have Steve bring me into those scenarios. Like, man, I sat with Oh, I sat with Dan Huff. I sat with like, and Hunter Hayes at Dan's house and just Jeez. watched them comp. Like, dude, it was. I've got. I've been so lucky, man, and so grateful to just the experiences that I've had. And and I'm thankful to Blackbird. I'm thankful to Steve. And I'm thankful to Hunter. Anyone that brought me in, I'm thankful to you. Anyone that brought me in, and was like, hey, you you can be a part of this with us. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's invalid. You cannot buy that. You can't pay enough money for that. Yeah. And so I got really lucky and I got really numb to c- celebrity quick. Yeah. I didn't, to me, well, I mean, they teach you this in school too. You're there to work. You're not there to be a fan and you're not there to, to even input creatively. Your job is to make sure that the gear runs properly and you get good sound. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, you're yeah. a plumber essentially. You're going yeah. in, you're working the gear yeah. and you're getting out. But, uh, I, I went really numb to celebrities really quickly. I, it's people. Everyone's people. They're all people, right? Yeah. And you, and you've always seen that, it, dude. It's, it's not. It, there's no. There's no point putting them uh, like what, for what? Yeah. They're people. Everyone's got got flaws and everyone's got good things about them. And you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I got really lucky. So I got into the room with some crazy, crazy people early. And then when Hunter asked me to come on and record, you know, uh, some of the new stuff he was working on, it was just him and I in a room for like a month, two months. And, uh, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't phase me. I felt, I was nervous. Don't get me wrong. I, I didn't feel qualified. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. He's going to, he's going to find me out eventually. Like he's going to figure out that I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and that, and and that was, it was like that with anyone, like, like freaking anyone that we were in the room with, you know, um, and so even with Steve, like he's going to find me out, you know, he's going to know. But Steve was my mentor. He kind of knew that he had to teach me and help yeah. me grow through that. But 
Um, I went numb to the idea that, oh, I'm working for this guy. That means I'm this, I'm, you know, like, no, what the fuck? I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just, I just got, I got lucky and yeah, you know, yeah. I worked my ass off yeah. and, and I really wanted it. But at the same time, I got lucky, man. Yeah. Like I, I, I ended up in rooms that like I had no business being in. Like I had no business being in the room with Steven Tyler and Dan Huff when they're working on his, his country album or whatever. You know, like no way should I ever, ever have been there. Yeah. And yet there I go. And so I've always thought of it as like, be grateful. It's, it's, it's a big deal. Yes, it's a massive deal. You're working with some of the best artists in the world. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, doesn't make you any different like it doesn't doesn't mean you're above now you know what i mean like it doesn't change how you should feel about yourself you should feel good about yourself before all that and without all that and so that was that's why i'm not i don't i don't like to like i don't know it's not it's not a big deal it's work you know it's work and it's fun and i love it and if i can do it with the best people because that'll make me better right like when i see hunter like play guitar and play drums and play bit like he played he does he does everything and so well like you know like some people play a lot of instruments and they're like yeah they're okay here but they're really good at guitar but they're okay like no no he's a pro at everything you know when you're around people like that you're just like oh my god i need to be so much better i'm gonna work harder i'm gonna work harder i have to i have to you know whatever it is in in writing and playing and producing engineering whatever like if you surround yourself with really, really good people and you're not scared of that, you're not scared to suck in front of people, essentially, or you're not scared to have people be better than you, you're going to learn and you're going to grow and it's only going to be for the better of yourself. It's only going to help you, you know? So, um, yeah, I've I've just been grateful. I've just been so, like, I think about it. I I try not to think about it, actually. It trips me out sometimes to think, like... You got to take time to just be like, what? Yeah, cause it, it's from. a quick transition, man. Like I said, I played hockey my whole life. I was a hockey player and, and a lacrosse player. and now, I, I get it. You know, I and, get it. And that, uh, suddenly at 20 years old, I decide, hey, I'm going to move to Nashville and start recording music and producing oh, music. I and that story. And uh, yeah, it happened really, really fast, and it was hard. I, it was at a time where, like, shit was hitting the fan for me. Uh, things were ending. Things were starting. I was in a box of an apartment in a different country with no family and friends around, you know, yeah. but I fought through all that and thankfully hey, so Canada. because fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go uh, watch that. Hey, yeah. Alex, hey, Tyler yeah. on Tyler TV, Tyler Wood TV right now. No, dude. Yeah. I, I was, it just, it led me to here. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful and eternally like, I'm glad I fought. I'm glad I, I fucking dealt with that struggle and like glad I got through it. Cause now I'm here. I'm sitting in front of you. Who I was like, you, I, you were my idol, you know, in, the, in those years from 16 to 20. And yeah. still now to this day, like I, I'm your biggest fan, bro. No one, you know, no one knows your videos better than me. I swear to God, no one knows it. And now I get to sit here in front of you uh, and talk with you about all this. And, you know, it feels like as an equal and it's like, whoa, how did we get here? You know, and thank, so cool. thank you for everything. Like yeah, it really, it really, I mean, I, you're the reason I got into this, dude, 110%, like not even, not even a question. So thank you for always being inclusive and thank you for doing this. How, where are we at here? Oh my God. We're at an hour and a half. Yeah. I got to pee. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, dude. Thank you for doing this guys. If, uh, if you don't know, and you should know, go check out Tyler Ward. Do you have anything you want to plug? Any like no, man, I'm, no. Just, I'm trying. You're chilling. You're getting chillin'. away from it. Yeah, dude, I'll probably just throw this up on my Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Cause 
Come on, man. You're going to do me like that? No, just kidding. But um, thank you, dude. And and uh, I, I wish you all the best, man. I hope you have thank a great you. 2020 and a great uh, next 10 years. To the next 10. Cheers. <laughs> thank you, guys. Have a good one. Oh.